The following podcast series was recorded between January and December of 2015. Originally hosted on the Horophilia Podcast Network, it has now transitioned to the Podcast Under the Stairs Collective. Myself and Andy Blockley would like to extend our gratitude once again to Jason Lloyd at the Horophilia Podcast Network for giving this podcast an opportunity to stay on that network for a couple of years and accumulate hundreds of downloads and great communication with legions of fans. The next instalment of the Doing the Nasty podcast looking at the DPP third tier movie list will start January 2020. Duncan McLeish will be joined by Mark Ball who will be replacing Andy Blockley on this podcast and will release one episode each month covering two films from the Tier 3 DPP video nasty list. But until that season drops, please enjoy these archives. They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect dogs as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film. Welcome everyone to Doing the Nasty Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Duncan McLeish from the podcast Under the Stairs. The man joining me on this monumentous show is none other than Mr. Andy Blockley from the Big Horror and Little Podcast. How are you doing, sir? This is the beginning of something. Hello, hello. Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, mate. Yeah, this is going to be so much fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, basically what this show is going to do um, is going to talk you through the reviews of all 72 films which featured on the now infamous video nasty list. Um, Andy, I mean, this was this whole podcast has been, it's kind of birthed out an idea that you had like a couple of months ago now. Um, yeah, I was, I was going to do an episode on my podcast where I basically just talked about three video nasties. So I obviously approached you and said, right, do you want to come up with three? And then you said, well, fuck it, instead of doing three, let's do all of them. And it, that was it. And we said, yeah, let's do it. Cu- a couple of months on, we're, we're, we're now set up, we're finally going. It's 2015, it's a brand new year, this is a brand new show. And um, I, I dare say, things are going to get quite interesting on this show because... I don't know about you, but I've I've seen I would say comfortably seen about a third of the movies that feature on the list to the to the point that I remember having watched them. There's a couple of titles on the list that I'm sure I have seen, but I probably won't know to revisit. But there's a lot of films on this list I've never fucking seen. Yeah, me too. Totally. I think I've probably seen less than you. Um, obviously, the the you know the famous ones that stand out, but there's so many that I had literally not even heard of, to be honest. Yeah. Um, well, the, the three that we're going to be discussing tonight, I hadn't seen either of them. No, I'd um, I'd heard of Anthropophagus. I hadn't heard of Absurd or Axe, to be honest. Um, obviously, Anthropophagus is the famous one because it's kind of got the guy on the front, hasn't it, biting you know, like the his monkey face and all that. <laughs> Um, so that one's always intrigued me, but I've always kind of thought they're probably not that good, mm-hmm. these films. 
So I've um, just kind of steered away from them a little bit, apart from the famous ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a great opportunity to kind of dig in. And a lot of them, I'm sure, are going to be pretty shit. But I think there's probably going to be a few gems in there as well. So I think kind of what we're doing in this show is kind of separating the wheat from the chaff. Kind of watching these so other people don't have to. We'll weed out the shit ones. And if there's some really good ones in there, then obviously we'll highly recommend them. Definitely. Um, I mean, we are first, let's just get this out of the way, we are overjoyed to be on, uh, we've already been picked up and we're being circulated on the the Horophilia podcast network, which is pretty fucking cool because we we are amongst the company of some of my favourite podcasts, which is pretty awesome. So firstly, I I want to thank Jason Lloyd um, of Horophilia for giving us the opportunity to put this show exclusively through horror failure, um, yeah. which means that there's going to be a lot of American listeners. They have, a, they have a lot of American listeners over there, and I get the feeling that a lot of these American listeners might actually not know what a video nasty is. I mean, they may have heard the term, but they might not know. Andy, for the avoidance of doubt, and as a, a, a as a almost kind of, of of the like the professor of the show, I'm going to call you Professor Blockley. Thanks <laughs> um, for that kind of pressure on me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, can, can you explain to our listeners? What were the video nasties and why are they so important? Well, basically, a video nasty is kind of a colloquial term here in the United Kingdom that basically refers to films that were criticised for their violent content, um, mainly by the press, kind of right-wing press, social commentators, religious organisations obviously kind of got hold of these. Um and then it just blew up into this just crazy kind of era in British his, you know, film history where these films were not only banned, but if you were caught, because basically the, the video thing kind of took off in the 80s, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Every man and his dog, every little shop, every little corner shop, garages, everywhere was renting videos. It wasn't just video shops. It was literally every shop you went into, they had a little rack of videos. And it got to the point with these films where the people who run these video shops, if they were caught with any of these films that were on this list we're talking about, they faced jail time. Yeah. Which is <laughs> fucking mind-blowing, you know. It's, it's crazy now when you think, because obviously you've posted up on the page um, that these films are all on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And just think, like, within 30 years, it's gone from being you face prison if you even rent this out to someone to being able to go onto a mainstream website like YouTube and just watch it uncut. Um, So it's weird because these films, basically, they kind of skipped being passed to the BBFC, which I think, what is it in America? They call it the MPAA, isn't it, in America? Yeah, yeah, the MPAA. Yeah, so they didn't get censored or banned these films. I think there was like some kind of loophole in the classification laws. They basically just got released kind of out into the open market. Uh, campaign leader was Mary Whitehouse in yeah. Britain, who just kind of decided that these films were the root of all evil. Um, I mean, they basically started blaming any kind of vicious, nasty crime that happened in England or in the UK around the time these films were released. The films got blamed for that, mm-hmm. which is just fucking nuts, you know, to, to think like, do, I mean, I remember there's a, on that documentary watch, there's a news story about a guy that was apparently going around savagely attacking ponies. I don't know what he was doing to them. <laughs> but on the news, they basically said, look, this guy, he's, he's doing, they didn't know why he was doing it because he hadn't been caught, but they said he's either done it because he's watched one of these video nasties or because there's a new moon. Yeah. <laughs> it's 50-50. Yeah. It's just fucking crazy, just... <sighs> 
you know, so that's kind of the, the mentality that you're dealing with. All of a sudden, all the kind of evils in the world had a scapegoat, and it was these films. And a lot of them aren't even that bad. A lot of them made the list. Some of them made the list purely for the front cover. Some of them made the list for their for the name of the movie. Because um, these, you know, a lot of these people weren't even kind of watching these films. They were just condemning these films based on these really kind of minor reasons. Um, but the thing is, obviously, calling it a video nasty and banning it, it was literally the best publicity these films could ever hope to achieve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it goes down in history now that, you know, these films are a video nasty. If you type in any of these films on Amazon, the first thing it says is, this is one you know, number 15 on the banned list. Uh -huh. So they've just kind of gone down in history. Everybody, you know, wanted to see these films. And I, don't, and I think not many people would have even watched them if they hadn't have made it, you know, into... Onto, into the news, so kind of ironically, by putting them out into the newspapers, all of a sudden everybody wanted to see these films. Yeah. Um, and it kind of went from there. They were, you know, they were banned and they were pulled from the shelves. It's um, it's incredible when you think about it because I mean we we kind of even even today live in a, a society where in fact more now than ever where everything's at our fingertips. I mean you can yeah. like you were saying, you can jump on YouTube, you can see a video. Um, well yeah, all three of these we're talking about tonight yeah, on YouTube, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, all all Mental. three of them. Which you when like you say, if you jump back thirty years, um, you know, that that was a no no. <laughs> you know, we to even own a copy of these. And and then you get the the scenario where when these videos were confiscated, they were burned, which I mean is such I mean, you think about it when you when you're at school and you you learn about um, things to do with like the Second World War and um, anything which didn't conform with a kind of a Nazi regime, any book or anything that was burned. And yeah. I mean, we we look at that like now and say, you know, that's horrible, that's terrible. You know what I mean, burning literature, you know, anything that stood up against it. And then you think, oh, that was you know, but that was that was nineteen thirty nine. You know, it was nineteen forty two. And then you think, well, no, in nineteen eighty five. Truckloads no. of videos were getting burned by the police because people who didn't have an understanding. I mean, this is, you've got to be realistic here. Um, it's it's politicians mm. and it's religious people and it's, it's social activists um, who had never watched a horror movie before, or if they had, it was probably from the the old Universal monster days. You know, what I mean, yeah, they were putting these it. films on ban lists. When I, I will argue that some of the content in some of these ones. Are tame even by Hammer horror standards. Yeah, you they saw are. more boobs and more blood and more, you know, um, more violence in a Hammer horror film than you do in some of these movies. So it's okay. it, you know it's completely incredulous. But I think that's what's going to make this quite interesting because we're going to go through each of the the seventy two on that list. Um, the first kind of run of this show, uh, we're going to be doing solely the ones that were prosecuted. So people yeah. were actually prosecuted for owning these these uh, movies. So yeah. um, we're going to rattle through them. Uh, we're going to do them roughly between two to three reviews a week. Hopefully we'll do a, sorry, a fortnight. Um, we're going to do... Or, or, or every two weeks for yeah. American yep. people. For our American people that struggle <laughs> with the word fortnight. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be doing a, a, about three. I reckon there are going to be certain heavy hitters that will appear on certain episodes that we might want to talk about more. If that does yeah. happen, then we might just chop it down to two um, on that. It just depends. I don't, want, I, I don't want any of these shows to be r ridiculously long. Um, and yeah, like Andy was saying... Uh, where possible, if we find copies of these these movies on the YouTubes, 
Um, we will post them on our page so you get a chance to see them. Um, and yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this. What we'll do is when we're, we're finished the reviews, we're going to rate them and we're not going to use any kind of standard boring rating. Like, you know, we're not going to rate it out of 10 or we're not going to, I don't know, we're not going to grade it out of 5 or you know, are, are these sort of things. We, we're basically going to introduce a quite interesting grading system. Would you like to tell listeners what our grading system is going to be? Yeah, we're going to basically decide whether these films should just get a slap on the wrist, mm-hmm. whether they should have to do some community service, mm-hmm. or whether the content is so horrendous it should have to do some hard time. Yeah, I, I love that. And then also, what we're going to do is, at the end of each review, I think we're, what we're going to do is we're going to try and put ourselves in the mindset of 1984. And I think we've got to, yeah, because yeah, I, I was going to say, like, we, me and you have got to be so desensitised yeah. to so much stuff now. Like, what you know, it, it's difficult to watch these and kind of put yourself in that position having never seen, you know, because obviously the people that were kicking off about the content of these mm-hmm. were people that probably didn't watch horror films. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the first time they probably ever watched a horror film was one of these films. So I'm, I'm trying to kind of put myself in that mindset because um, obviously as a horror fan, you can see that this stuff's really fake. Um, but to be honest, like, some of the things we've watched already, I don't understand how people were watching these and thinking they were real because a lot of people were. It made... Yeah. These actually, one of these films um, actually made the front page news and it was on news at 10 and it was called a snuff movie it actually thought <laughs> the people in the films were being murdered for yeah. real and when you watch the films you think no fucking how how on earth did you you know come on it, it, it's so fake looking it's unbelievable but i'm trying to think like if i'd never seen a horror film before i don't know if i'd still think they were fake i think i would because it looks fake doesn't it Do yeah I, I mean i don't think yeah, I don't, I don't understand in any any society at all, in common sense, in the 1980s, how anyone could think that any movie would be put out for people to rent where someone has actually eaten his intestinal track on the camera. Uh, I just, I yeah. don't, I don't get that. Um, but then, when you have, when you have the media machine, when you have a large newspaper publications coming out on a daily basis, feeding you full of fear telling you that mm. these these movies are causing people like you were saying to murder horses or murder people i mean one one interesting one out with the video nasties on the, the the original list which was a huge thing that i've spoken about on my, my other show was um child's play three and how that played yeah. into the the jamie bulger murders in the uk and i mean that movie was uh, that movie was religiously hunted by newspapers and you know and there is absolutely nothing to do with anything, the only um, the only thing they've got in common is that obviously James Bulger was murdered on a finally killed on a train line. Yeah, and there is a roller coaster mm-hmm. in Child's Play. Yeah, that's I mean, the only connection, and that's just is mind blowing, isn't it? That they made that connection. I don't think I think it actually turned out that the kids responsible for that murder hadn't even seen Child's Play three. It turned out. Yeah, it's just looking, just looking for a scapegoat. You know, like they need to blame something on something horrendous on something else. And like I say, at the time, every fucking horrible thing that was going on in Britain at the time was blamed on these films. The person that did it must have watched one of these films before they did it. You know, are they trying to tell us that nothing horrendous happened before films came out? I know, you know I know. I mean? it's it so gets, obscene. Oh, 
I guess, I mean, even in recent memory, I don't, and I obviously I don't want to spend too much time on on this, but even in recent memory, it's still happening, but it, it's more focused on on music. I mean, I, 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 I'm a massive fan of metal music, and yeah. that still, I mean, that brush still gets tarnished. I mean, Columbine Massacre being blamed on Marilyn Manson, Slayer have been blamed on, you know, on, on killings, uh, Megadeth, Anthrax, Metallica, you know, the big names, because you, you happen to be a fan of the music, um, and then you do something horrible that must have been the music that made you do it, and it just... Got the music, must yeah, be. It's nothing to do with... The, nothing to do with... Um, the fact that you're you're brought up, you know, reading with parents that believe in and the you know the end of the world as in the, the end of the Bible, or you know, a neglected parents or family or lack of education or anything that can be changed, it must be, must be them. You know, so uh, you talk about. Let me just um, tell you this about obviously you say there about lack of education and that. The experts basically were a question, obviously we had people that were watching these movies and then deciding later on they needed to be banned and experts said, you know, they were questioned, if these films are so corrupting and so damaging, mm -hmm. how come you can watch them and be okay? And they basically said, because we're intelligent. Yeah, I mean, that's blows my mind. Yeah, and basically they were saying lower class, working class people, just your everyday, you know, your average guy on the street, they're the thickos that are going to be corrupted by these films. But as intelligent people that have had an Eton education in a posh university, we'll be fine because mm -hmm. we're intelligent enough to know they're not real. But the irony of that is Graham Bright, who's now been knighted, he's a knight of the realm, this guy, he came on the telly and was convinced that the movie Snuff was real. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, hang on a minute, mate. I thought you said intelligent people could tell the difference and now you're yeah. coming on and you reckon that's a Snuff movie. Yeah. It's just crazy and... Let me just, one more thing I just want to um, tell our listeners, just to give them an idea of the propaganda as well that was going on. Basically, they asked a group of 47 kids, 6 to 12-year-olds, if any of them had seen these movies. Um, only three out of the 47 had, but between them they'd watched 17 films. So the powers that be basically took the figure 17, divided it into 47, and came out with 45%. Yeah. And then front page news the next day was that 45% of these kids had watched these films. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a total lie. Obviously, <laughs> they've just completely fabricated them figures. And then what they did, another group of people basically went on, they made a fake list of films, mm -hmm. went back to another group of kids and said to them, kids, right, how many of these films have you seen? And loads of the kids went, yeah, I've seen that one, I've seen that one. And they went, well, you haven't, because we've just they made these exist, up. Yeah. Which then makes me think that even of the three children that they did find that watched them, they probably hadn't even seen them either. Yeah. You know, so just this pure propaganda that was going on about, you know, intelligent people, we can watch them, but we've just got to keep an eye on the peasant folk, you know, because they're a bit too thick and they can't watch them. And yeah, it was, um, it was a pretty mind blowing time. It, like when you look at it back now, it's almost like you can't believe it. It's, if, if you kind of put it back 60, 70 years, you might be able to believe it. But only going back 30, mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to believe. I mean, my uh, one of my very first jobs that I ever had with any sort of responsibility, um, I was a manager of a video store. Um, when oh, I was that's like, a great, yeah, that's an awesome job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's where I blame most of my obsessive-compulsive nature about movies from, was how many yeah. I saw when I worked there. But um, I happened to work there when they finally repealed a lot of the the legislation that was holding back a lot of movies so in my time working there um movies like cannibal holocaust and i spit in your grave finally made their way back out for rental 
So this was okay. like, I saw a lot of them at that time. This was just kind of circa 2000, 2001. Um, yeah. the, these movies finally got, got released again, you know, for, for rental. So I got to see them then. And I think the thing is that um, both of us are big fans. One of the reasons we're doing the podcast is we're big fans of, of the documentary. Which mm. um, I advocate everyone goes and buys. It's a fucking fantastic documentary. It's amazing. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll obviously post it on the page and stuff like that. And um, you know, a, a, a lot of the stories. I mean, the documentary itself goes quite heavily in depth, speaking to both sides of people involved. Um, and it's. I mean, I was aware of some of these things even in the nineties. I was aware of things like the Evil Dead. You, like my my brother had a. Are, you know a, a bootleg copy of the Evil Dead on VHS. That's how I saw Best that movie. Watching. Yeah, that's yeah. How, how I saw that. And to be honest with you, that the, the bootleg copy of the VHS was so grainy and so so shitty looking that it hides yeah. a lot of the fact that you can see strings and you know, yeah. like boom mics and shit like that in the background. Well, that's it. I mean, I've got the Blu-ray now, and it kind of um, takes the edge off it. It's mm. not as enjoyable on Blu-ray as it is on you know scabby VHS. Yeah, so um, with all that in mind, we're going to do the first three. We're doing the movies in alphabetical order, so there's no, this is not chronological or no any really. When we were trying to think about how to do this, we're thinking alphabetical just seems like the most obvious way to do it. So um, the three movie reviews tonight will be, and this has been a mouthful all day for me, Anthropopicus, uh, The Beast. Um, which has a series of other names which I'll read out when we go to do the review uh, the second review will be for the movie Axe and the third movie is Absurd so with that in mind I think Andy I think we should take a short break just now play some promos for uh, Horrorfilia shows that you guys should be checking out um, I'm assuming if you listen to Horrorfilia you probably know them all anyway but I'm playing them fuck it um, and then you're going to hear uh, the trailer for our first movie review. However, I think what we were saying is we're going to try and do something a bit different as well. We're going to try and put in some some, some words from well-spoken people, um, <laughs> other than ourselves, as well. Yeah. We're going to put in some audio clips of people talking about certain aspects of the movies, the trailers and, and, and whatnot, in this show as well, for your listening pleasure. So um, we're going to take a very short break, and when we return, it's movie time, right after this. My name is X. And I'm Cootie. Please consider us your high priest and priestess of satanic cinema. Join us on our podcast, Kiss the Goat, which will drag your soul through some of the finest and worst devil movies of the last 50 years. Devils and demons, exorcisms and possessions, cults and rituals, dogs and cats living together. Is that a devil movie? Maybe. Sort of. I don't know, babe. We'll talk about it later. Join us on the Horrorphilia Podcast Network every other week as we don our hoods and cloaks and kiss, kiss the, the goat. It's a hell of a good time. I knew you were going to say that. Of course you did. It's in the script. Italian exploitation. I mean, where would we be without Joe D'Amato? Or to give him his real name, Aristide Matachesi. He came up with Anthropophagus the Beast. The main bone of contention, I think, for the DPP was the actual scene where he rips open a pregnant woman's stomach and eats the fetus. Um, it doesn't look very convincing. You can see it's a skinned rabbit. But these are the things that actually got this sort of movie mentioned on the news at 10, which it did, and it was called a snuff movie on that particular programme.
welcome back. So this is our first film that we're going to do, and this is Anthropophagus. Now, it's not the first one alphabetically, but Absurd that we're going to do later on is actually it's meant to be a sequel to this one, even though it kind of isn't. So we're going to do this one first, and then we're going to roll with the next one. So this is directed by Joe D'Amato. Uh, it's an Italian movie uh, made in 1980. It was released in February 1983 um, and then basically added to the nasty list um, in November 1983. So it had about a good six or seven months run um, before it was put on the list and banned. The tagline to this movie is more horrific than Halloween and Friday the 13th put together. Now, I don't know about you, Duncan, but I don't find them particularly horrific for a no. start. No. Um, Halloween is probably one of my, I reckon it is pretty much my favourite horror movie of all time. I wouldn't say it's particularly horrific. Um, I wouldn't say Friday the 13th is that horrific either. So to say it's more horrific than them two, that's not a difficult task. Um, <laughs> obviously, the reason it was put on the list um, is because it's basically one of the scenes towards the end of the film um, and kind of the famous scene everyone talks about is where he supposedly eats a fetus. Um, so that was the reason that it was on the list. Um, and a little bit of trivia, this movie was actually mentioned on News at 10 and in Britain. So it's basically kind of back in the 80s, there was only four channels in Britain. So out of the four channels that we had, this was on the main News at 10 as being a snuff film, um, which if you've seen it, is bollocks, like... Do you know what I mean? The special effects and stuff, they're not great. Um, there's nothing particularly convincing in it. Um, so to say that it's a snuff film is, to be honest, nothing more than the best publicity this movie could possibly ever <laughs> ask for. You know what I mean? It's, you can't ask for anything more than that as a film because the first thing people are going to do is run out and buy it. Um, but unfortunately, by that point, I mean, you couldn't buy films in the 80s. Obviously, you had to rent them. And by that time, it had been pulled from the list. And obviously, anyone that was prepared to, you know, release the uncut version was going to face prison. Um, so not many people got to see it. Um, the movie basically opens um, kind of with a couple um, that go to the beach. Now, this guy, Duncan, had the biggest set of headphones <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. They're very fashionable nowadays, if I'm being honest. I know. The big, the it's big like headphones are back. I can imagine him like going to the airport and going, hang on, mate, only one bit of hand luggage. And going, hey, these are my headphones. You're going to have to take them off. They're not coming on board. Um, and then she, he's just kind of rocking out, isn't he, on the beach, just kind of chilling with his headphones on. Like um, a boss. Like a boss. She goes out for a swim. Um, and then... Obviously, anthropophagus apparently means cannibal in Greek. Mm -hmm. um, does it also mean amphibious? Because this killer <laughs> attacks the guy, attacks the woman like like fucking Jaws. Like Jaws, yeah. He like he pulls her under the water, and I don't know how he get under there. I don't know if uh, all of a sudden, if you're a cannibal, it means you can kind of breathe underwater. But she kind of gets attacked. Um, and then you get like a terror, it's, it's terrible blood as well. It, it looks like someone, you know, the vitamin C tablets that you drop in water and they all fizz yeah. up orange. <laughs> Basically what the blood looked like. So to kind of give you an idea of how good the effects are, within five minutes you see some kind of terrible blood effect. Um, so she's a goner. He's still on the beach. He can't hear anything. Obviously she's screaming, but them headphones, you couldn't, I don't think you could hear hear um, a plane taking off with those headphones on so he's just kind of sitting there oblivious um, and then the next minute he basically takes a cleaver to the head 
Um, and that's that's kind of the opening bit of our movie. So we're kind of introduced to, we don't know what the killer is at this point. Um, we just know that we've kind of seen two people meet a kind of bitter end. Um, the next thing is that we meet our victims. Um, they're all kind of sailing to a Greek island. Um, two of them stay on the boat. Is it, the rest is like a holiday home or something that they're going to. I can't remember. Yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, it's like a, it's like the the they're essentially going to some sort of holiday home, which makes no sense at all in the context of this movie. It doesn't, does it? It's just purely there as a, as a plot yeah. point. Right, we need to get them to a house so they can be terrified. So we'll just send them there. Um, <laughs> the, the two of them stay on the boat. The pregnant woman and our fella stay on the boat. Um, he is getting water because she's broke. She's like twisted her ankle or something. So he's getting some cold water out of the sea. Um, and he gets pulled into the ocean, doesn't he? Yeah. Let go of the bucket, mate. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how he managed to get pulled into the ocean. Did you send me that clip of that guy on that trolley thing where the trolley Oh, yes. And he get let go. Yeah. Like, I watched that clip about four times and I'm thinking, right, if I was holding on to something that was about to launch me like 30 foot into the air, I'd let go of it. Yeah. Same thing with that rope. Um, but it works well for the plot. He gets pulled into the water. Um, she goes to try and find him, pulls the bucket up and his head's in the bucket. Um, so we've had a couple of decent kills within sort of the first 10, 15 minutes. So you're kind of thinking, oh, this this might be all right. I think we're in for a decent ride here. And then that pretty much, there's not a lot that then really happens, is there? Yeah, um, it kind of slows down, doesn't it? Really, it does. Right down, it's not even a slow burn. It just slows down. I mean, there's some bizarre shit that happens when they get to the house. I mean, you got the creepy kind of dead body that's almost kind of decomposed sitting in a chair that manages... Mm -hmm. Even though it's probably been dead for about 10 years, it manages to jump through the doorway, <laughs> that woman. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's convenient. Um, then you've got like a really weird woman who's in like a barrel or something or a bath. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a wine vat, I think. Yeah, so, you know, there's just kind of bizarre shit. There's a love triangle going on. One of the women, she's like a tarot card reader. She says, look, this trip's doomed. Still goes on it. Yeah, this trip's doomed. Um... <laughs> And she's annoying. I don't. I mean, none of them are particularly likable, are they? Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the kind of boring shit happens. Obviously, the killer. I can't remember at what point we find out that the killer was kind of. He was stranded on a boat, wasn't he, with his missus, and he's yeah, a kid. Yes. Um, and he decides he's going to eat his son because he's dead, even though he's not. Um, yeah. And then, basically, I think he just kind of. He obviously eats his missus or his kid or both and gets this taste for human flesh. So there's a really kind of small, shooed in, really like shoehorned in kind of backstory to the killer. Mm -hmm. um, kind of tell us, but it doesn't really explain why it's made him this like amphibious cannibal who's got what looks like silly putty all over his face. Yeah. Um, you know, we just kind of, you're just waiting the night for something to happen. Um, Obviously, I think his lair is in the house, isn't it? The killer's lair. Yes. Um, and then we kind of find out that the woman from the boat from earlier, he's kind of got her captured. And then the film almost kind of wraps up. I mean, this is sort of the famous scene, which is um, this is the scene that apparently got it put on the, you know, on the video nasties list. Mm -hmm. He pulls the fetus out of her vagina. Yes. And bites it. Yes. Now, for me, like... 
the pulling the fetus out of her is actually probably the most brutal part for me is the fact mm-hmm. that he just rips the fetus out of her do you know what I mean and, and then when he holds it up it looks nothing like a fetus apparently it was a skinned rabbit that they used that's right yeah and it doesn't even really look like that it just kind of looks like a mess so he like he kind of bite he, he doesn't even really bite into it does he I don't think he, he probably didn't want to because I wouldn't if they went right <laughs> bite into that skinned rabbit I'd go no I'll pretend to, and then you can cut the scene in the night. And so I think that's pretty much what happens. Um, then kind of we've got the killer in the house, and then there's a decent sort of chase thing there, you know, where they kind of run up into the attic. Um, killer's on the roof. He kind of bursts through the roof, and then there's like a really mental kind of special effect thing where he pulls her up through the roof, and for some reason the skin on her face is attached to the roof tiles. Yeah. Just starts like peeling off as he pulls her up and it just looks like she's got a really bad sunburn I don't know why that's happened I don't know how her face skin <laughs> attached to the roof tiles or why um, and then she basically hits the, the killer with a pick he falls off the roof and I tell you what he should be some kind of precision diver because the house is probably about four stories up and he manages to land in a fucking well yeah it's huge so <laughs> Which is amazing because the guy uh, looking like the guy that plays the killer, um, his name's George Eastman. Um, his real name's Luigi Montefiore, I think. But he's anyway. This guy's six foot nine. This mm. well's about four foot by four foot, and he manages to fall about fifty foot through the air and land in the well, which is fucking amazing. Um, and then she kind of goes to the bottom. Uh, he jumps out the well. No, then I reckon actually I was thinking about this. Like you know the ring two. Yeah. <laughs> Samara's like chasing him up the well. Yeah. I'm sure they stole that from this. It's like she kind of gets her hand caught in a bit of string. Like, and he kind of climbs up the well after her. Um, mm-hmm. And then one of their mates kind of saves him, hits him in the stomach with an axe. Uh, he just starts pulling his own intestines out and eating them. I'm thinking now's not the time for a little snack. <laughs> um, and that is obviously looks incredibly fake as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the film kind of ends, yeah. and it's all kind of a bit of an anticlimax because I mean it's it's not a bad kind of ending, you know. There's obviously the fetus eating scene, which is nowhere near as bad as everybody made out, um, and then there's like a half kind of decent chase scene where he kind of tries to get them through the loft hatch and he can't, so he comes through the roof and he falls off the roof, and then there's obviously the final scare where you realise he's not quite dead yet and he comes back out and all that. So it's kind of got some of the good horror movie tropes mm-hmm. um, it's just not that good um, I'm going to I'm going to shock you here Andy I actually quite liked this movie did you? <laughs> yeah um, I'll tell you why I quite liked it this director there is no way see when they're comparing this movie to things like uh, you know they're saying you know more brutal more horrifying than Halloween and Friday the 13th um, and you're saying that's well you know that's not all that difficult I mean if you no if I you mean, look I think at, it is more horrific yeah. than yeah 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 oh it totally is but it's not it's not difficult to do that and um, what I see in this director is there are certain moments in this in this movie that and don't let me get you wrong this is not an amazing movie I just didn't mind it. Um, there was there was things in this movie which evoke um, Argento. I mean, there's there there are particular scenes in this where where he's stalking her. The, the craziness, the randomness of that woman jumping at a barrel is Suspiria through and through. Yeah, I mean it's it's you know it's it's played like some of the jump scares are played like Argento jump scares. They're just not handled with the finesse that you know that 
that the maestro can do. This guy, yeah. I mean, Joe D'Amato, um For for those that don't know, made a lot of a lot of movies. I mean, a horrendous. You're talking over two hundred movies, um, and he's prime. He's he did like like a lot of Italian directors did pretty much everything. He did spaghetti westerns. He did you know dramas and all the rest. His main bulk of his money came from erotic exploitation movies. So basically, softcore porn. Um, mm. And you know he kind of started doing the kind of horror stuff in the the, the you know late seventies early eighties. Like a lot of a lot of these guys moved over to do it. So there's there's particular scenes in this which you know kind of have like a really like a poor Argento vibe, but mm. kind of on some level they're so crazy they kind of work because I, I, Italian cinema is at its best when it's being ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that that sequence that you were talking about where he pulls the the blind and, and there's a couple of curveballs in there. You would assume in this movie the blind girl would be safe because she's blind. Mm. The the fact that they kill her and what can only be described as a completely vicious and brutal way by having her face torn off by roof tiles which like you say makes no sense but when she's pulled up the killer bites her throat out (laughs) he does yeah he he fucking sinks his teeth into her throat rips her esophagus out um, and then just drops her kind of just drops her because he gets his leg like injured Um, yeah the other one kind of hits him with a pickaxe doesn't she yeah 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 it's just it's really, it's like really fucking bizarre. Um, the baby scene that you were talking about, I, I can see. I mean, we'll obviously go into this. I can see in the the mid eighties, if you had never seen a horror movie before in your entire life, and you were presented with a scene where someone pulls a fetus, which is completely implausible the way he does it. Mm. Um, not that, not I would, not that I would know. Just want to stress, I don't pull fetuses at people, but um, the the way he does it is completely ridiculous. The way it looks is completely ridiculous. Um, but I mean, it's no, is it? It's no more. It's no more ridiculous than watching a Serbian film and to see what happened in a Serbian film, and that movie's banned in certain countries because of that particular baby scene in that movie. So I mean, yeah. these these things still still go on. Um, I think the soundtrack to this movie is fucking amazing. Yeah. See, towards the end, the Crazy Sin soundtrack. Um, yeah. is, I, I was tried to check the guy's name. It was Marcel Gambonis. Um, I think it has that kind of weird, fucking bizarre Italian, Italian horror vibe. Think kind of like think a really shit goblin, and that's kind of who's scoring yeah. this, right? <laughs> and that's kind of what it is. But once again, kind of kind of works. Um, the main role in here is obviously it's played by uh, one of the the Faro's, Mia Faro's sister, mm-hmm. um, who believe it or not, we're going to be seeing her in another film coming up. Andy. Zombie flesh eaters, yeah. Yes, yeah, zombie flesh eaters when she makes another reappearance. Um, I love the fact that you know this movie is released and banned in the same year. Yeah, you know, it's, it's released and they're like, yeah, have it. And a couple of months later, they're like, no, this is banned. Um, <laughs> and you know, just and do, do you know it's been remade? I've never seen the remake. I'm tempted now to see the remake. Go on, I didn't know that. Um, no. Yeah, apparently there's a German remake of this movie that came out in the late nineties. Okay. Um, and part of me is curious. I, I kind of really want to check it out. Yeah, I think I, I will. I don't okay. know how you remake a movie like this in the late nineties. No, at well, all. Why, just, why would you want to? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, I think to me, it, it, there's a couple. It's not. It's there's too much downtime in the middle. There's too much dead air, if you excuse the pun, yeah. um, in this movie. And it's like I say, uh, when you look at the like, kind of classics, of kind of late seventies cinema and early eighties cinema, 
how you handle a slow burn is that you slowly build tension up after the effect and this movie doesn't really do that it kind of no. can't do it um, it tries to pass off some giallo tropes in the, the movie it doesn't really execute them all that well um, like you were saying the guy's makeup uh, George Eastman who by the way wrote the movie yeah, he did. He, yeah, yeah. He, he fucking wrote the movie. He, he did a. He, he was very much like Joe Spinell. He wrote this movie and starred in it um, as the main villain. Do you know what uh, I thought? He, I thought the the villain was actually really effective because he's six foot nine. He's a yeah. real guy. He looks fucking crazy the way he's kind of bald and he's got the hair with like the wispy hair and all that and kind of what they've done to his face. Even though it does look a bit odd because I don't really know what is meant to be wrong with his face. Yeah. But when he appears on screen with kind of those crazy staring eyes. Mm-hmm. For me, that was good. Yeah, I liked he's the killer. He was kind of—I thought he was quite frightening. Yeah, um, I mean, there's there's something about his presence, and I mean, I, I think the way he like very much like you would see in slasher movies, the way he stalks them through the house, and it's very mm. slow and methodical, and he's not running, and you know, I mean, from that point of view, you can you can link it to kind of American slasher movies of the of the time. Do you um, know what it reminded me of a little bit? House by but, the Cemetery. It does. It really fucking does in places. Mm. I mean, I know it's not a copy because I think that I think this came out first. Mm. But I think this predates yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, I think he does well, but yeah. So just that thing of like a ghoul in the house that no one really knows is there, and then starts kind of picking people off, um, and then obviously you get the finale where it just kind of comes after, you know, the people that are left and. Because I like that film. I like House by the Cemetery. Oh, yeah, it's almost yeah. like it's a very similar kind of plot, or similar-ish, but they just kind of seem to get it right with the tension and there's just something about the atmosphere that obviously... And it's everything's got this Italian feel. There's a real yeah. kind of obvious feel about an Italian movie. You can just kind of tell. And this is kind of an Italian movie that, for me, just didn't quite get it right, whereas something like House by the Cemetery is kind of even though... Like if, you know, it's not it's a film you'd recommend. It's an amazing film for me. I can I can stick that on any time. I yeah. really enjoy that. Um, but for me, like I would think, if you if you took the killer from this one and put him into House by the Cemetery, for me that'd be awesome. Oh but yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah. It's just you know the acting was bad, and the acting is never great in these films. But the people weren't that freaking likable, and the acting was a bit. It's ropey, and they do this weird thing, obviously, where even though they are speaking English, it's overdubbed, and they can't quite get the lip sync right. Yeah, terrible for for that as yeah. well. And even like, though the movies at the time, it's kind of charming. There's something quite charming about that, but there's also kind of something that it just takes you out of it because it, you know they've not quite got the emotions there with what they're saying, just because it's kind of a bit hammy and all that. And I think for me, like, if your effects are going to be crap. What you need to give me is realistic reactions from the people, from the victims, because you know you either need to give me both of those things to be great, but if you can't give me one, I need the other, and it kind of didn't have either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if an effect's a bit cheesy, but the person looks genuinely terrified, and you can kind of believe that what's happening to them is horrendous, mm-hmm. then you kind of forgive the, the poor effects. But for me, it was just kind of a bit, you know, a bit of both, and it kind of didn't work in either way. I mean, like you say, the stuff like pulling her up through the roof and her face skin is all attached to the roof tiles. It's just yeah. like what? Yeah, I, I mean, it... yeah, but I, I, I mean, I think I, I can overlook that. I mean, one of my favourite movies of all time is Pieces. Anyone that knows me knows I love Pieces. And then yeah. the Pieces, the the dead Frankenstein body comes to life and tears a guy's cock through his jeans. <laughs> 
off yeah. and that makes no fucking sense at all I mean that makes no sense but I love the ending of that movie I can yeah. forgive like I can forgive to an extent some things in the movie um, what this movie a glass window kung fu teacher just go yeah. right I'm going to do some kung fu and then you're never going to see me again yeah for no reason at all yeah here's my look at my expert kung fu um, yeah. th- there are things in this I mean there's there's clear there's it's clear that the director kind of rips off to an extent Jaws, which you mentioned. I see a bit of Bay, Bay of Blood in this movie as well. You know, there's certain scenes I'm like that, you know, I think you may have taken artistic license with some of the material here. Yeah. Um, I don't think, like I say, I don't think it's a, a, is a, an amazing film. I think the last half an hour, I think you could chop up a, a good 20, 30 minutes out the middle of this movie easy and yeah. the movie would flow a lot better. There's just too much kind of Scooby-Doo action. Oh, I wonder what's happening in this room. Oh, it's <laughs> You know what I mean? It, it kind of just kind of... It kind of meanders um, a lot in this movie and without purpose. Um, it's not really setting up anything because that, that last half an hour when, when shit starts going cray-cray, it goes fucking cray-cray and mm-hmm. you have like baby-eating, heads getting ripped through fucking rooftops, guys getting flung off the top of buildings and wells, pickaxes to the chest, intestinal eating. You know what I mean? It, it, it kind of it kind of blows its load in the last half an hour and I kind of feel that they could have done more of the kind of stalker stuff that you see in the house throughout more of the movie. I mean, yeah. it's not a long movie either. It's about an hour and a half. Mm. Um, so you could have had more of that stalking, you know... I, I, you could have had more of that in there. The, the dead body that's sitting on the chair kind of evokes... Kind of memories of cycle, you know mm. the kind of decomposed. There's, it's like he's it's like he's picking bits. He doesn't really know what horror is, so yeah. he's picking bits and bobs of movies that he, he he knows and trying to fit them into this weird cannibal story that someone else has written for him. Yeah. Um, and it just it's it's really 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 strange. The dubbing does to I mean I, I like a lot of Italian cinema um, from that era, which is poorly dubbed, and I can live with a lot of it. The yeah. dubbing in, in that copy that we saw is particularly bad. Um, that I almost kind of want to get a copy, which is in its original Italian, just for subtitles, yeah. um, just so I'm not kind of painfully looking at that guy's mouth saying, "That's not what you said." Um, <laughs> so, but you know, yeah, sometimes sometimes their lips are saying English stuff. That's why it's confusing, and sometimes but, they're not. It's because they, they follow the... It's, it's like PCs again. It's they do what they did in Spaghetti Westerns. A lot of it will be shot in English. And then what they do is they would have overdubbed it into Italian. And then they overdub it with different actresses and actors. Okay. So basically, they, they would have had an, an English version of this movie. Um, people speaking in English. And instead of keeping those voices in, they get foreign actors in to yeah. replace them in English. Which makes no sense. Because you know, you've got it in English. Mm-hmm. Um Weird. Some some of the some of the other titles for this movie. This movie is also no one. Its it, its official title was Anthropopagus. Um, it was known in our country in the UK as Anthropopagus the Beast. Yeah. Um, in the United States, it was released as The Grim Reaper, mm. which is a stupid fucking name for a movie. Um, <laughs> and it's also known as Zombie Seven, which is pretty funny when you find that uh, um, absurd, which came the year after, okay. is known as Zombie Six. Which, right. so when it gets to that it's just fucking nuts so yeah a lot of these movies that we're going to cover are going to have alternative names we'll try and give you the alternative, alternative names so the, if they have been released in your country you might be able to track them down but Andy I, I need to ask you then um, if, we're, if we're looking at Anthropopagus the Beast and we're giving it a rating of you know is that a smack on the wrists is it some community service or is it doing hard time 
uh, it's really difficult because even though the, the scene of the fetus is really fucking fake, the yeah. idea of someone ripping a fetus out of a woman's vagina is pretty <laughs> brutal. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's it's difficult. I'm I'm gonna set myself back into the mindset of watching this in 1983, and I think probably give it a bit of community service. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna completely side with you. This is community service from me. I think even in the 80s, I mean we've seen we've seen things worse than this movie. Last House on the Left has been out. Oh, yeah. um, things like I Spit in Your Grave has been out. We've yeah. seen worse things like this, and we know that that is cinema. So I don't believe for one second anyone could pass this off as a snuff movie because no. it's clearly fucking not a snuff movie. Um, so it's certainly not, in my opinion, one of the, the heavy hitters from this list. It's kind of middle of the road. I, I can see reasons for, for maybe certain reactions to it and community service seems about right. But, mm -hmm. but then we need to then put ourselves back in 83 and say that from 1983's standards, did this deserve to be on the nasty list? Probably. I would agree with that as well. I think, yeah. once again, it's it's more the the thought, in my opinion, the thought of the the fetus being, you know, torn out and, and consumed rather than the way it's handled. Mm. Um, I mean, if we're... And we're not advocating the video nasty list. Um, me no, and Andy don't agree with censorship at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so, but it's there. If we were, if we were, if we were enforcing this, if we were part of the the group assigned with the criteria to make a video nasty list, I would say it probably deserves to be on the list. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. Cool. So one movie down. Uh, we're we're gonna take a, a short break. Once again, you're gonna hear some audio clips, and then you're gonna hear the trailer for a second review, which is a movie from 1977 called Axon. Strap yourself in for some tedious fucking movies, because um, <laughs> holy shit, this movie. Right, um, we're going to be right back after this break. Well, Gary, here we are. Somehow uh, we made it through here. What? Where? Uh, we're in the sequel, of course. Sequel? What sequel? Well, Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast. Come on, get with it. Oh, that's right. Our podcast is exclusively about sequels, where the budget is well, bigger. we don't actually have a budget. Get away from her, you bitch! <laughs> But the action's more exciting? Uh, I don't know much about action. Hey, you got a like? Sure, man. Allow me, scum. The babes are hotter? Wait, there's babes involved? How about some of this? So tasty and hard and firm that it just melts in your mouth. The kills get gorier and more extreme? Uh, kills? Did we talk about this? Uh, never mind. So find Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast, exclusively on the Horror Network. Because when all other podcasts are through, we're already thinking about part two. So here we have Axe by Frederick Friedel. At last, total terror, it says. And I think we can guess what it was that the police or busybodies of one sort or another disliked about that. It's the title. It's uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre but with axes. That's the idea. It seems to be propagating. It did actually see the light of a projector in this country under an even more lurid title. I mean, it actually played as California Axe Massacre, which really does underline the fact that they were trying to sell it off the back of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Not since the Texas Chainsaw Massacre has the screen delivered terror like Axe. 
1971, they rampaged throughout the South. They played a game of William Tell, a killing spree that ended here, where they met Lisa and took what they wanted. sharp edge of suspense slams hard into fear, and fear becomes terror. That's more like it, baby. Pretty Lisa took an axe, gave her captor 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave his partner 41. Axe will slash up and shock you beyond anything before. Axe. Uh, welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for 1977's Axe, a.k.a. is um, Lisa Lisa, or it was theatrically known as the California Axe Massacre. <laughs> not, not, not at all trying to play against a certain other massacre with another uh, instrument of of uh, chopping down trees. Um, yeah, this uh, this movie was directed by Frederick R. Friedel, um, and um, I'm just going to go out and say this right from the start. I didn't really like this fucking movie. Um, you didn't? No, it's six no. minutes. It's sixty minutes long, and. Um, it's not. It's not very well made. Um, and I'll, I'll let, me ki- let me kick off here. So basically, the the kind of loose synopsis of this movie is that three kim- criminals are on a murder spree. They arrive at a farmhouse where a girl is living with her par- a paralysed grandfather, and um, all sorts of shenanigans happen. Basically, this movie starts off with these three. Uh, can we see completely stereotyped seventies villains? Um, and one, and of, one of them just uh, got to say has got the biggest afro I've ever seen on a white guy. He's like a human microphone. <laughs> he really fucking is. It kind of looks like Marv at, and um, and Home Alone after he's electrocuted. <laughs> he does. You know yeah. that's kind of what his hair looks like. And um, what he's the just... right to that guy, you know. Is he? Oh yeah. fucking hell! Oh man. Uh, that that might if he was involved with anything to do with this movie that might explain some of, of what I'm about to say. <laughs> so basically, we're, we're introduced to these three guys who don't look like they would ever be people that would travel in the same circles together, ever. No. You've got like a kind of really old gentleman who almost looks like a kind of stereotype British gangster. Um, we've got a, a kind of a, a kind of dark-haired gentleman who kind of looks like he would be perfect on any police investigation show from the seventies in America, <laughs> as like you know, uh, my name's Grabowski, I'm a cop. Um, so you know, you've got him, and then you've got third guy who we're just going to call Afro Man. Um, yeah, and apparently these are these horrible three criminals who, uh, uh, this synopsis says that they go on a murder spree uh, they don't really, to me spree means like 5, 6 maybe 10 yeah, one of them um, shoots a bottle of tomato sauce it does indeed <laughs> that, that in itself is criminal for, for all use out there that like the ketchup um, it's, it's uh, yeah it, they're, they're just not, they don't convince me as criminals um, now, now let, me, let me go on to the fact that 
there is like clearly the sim track to this movie has been given out to the the Brooklyn freestyle jazz band, um, yep. who because the music's fucking nuts in this movie. And you've got at the beginning, team. I kind of thought the music was like a cross between someone on the maracas and then somebody else occasionally dropping a saucepan down an alleyway. <laughs> yeah, it's free. <laughs> it is. It's freestyle jazz. I just kept expecting at certain moments Afro man to turn around to the camera and just go nice. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, Oh yeah, Jess. <laughs> you know, like it just it's just too weird. Um, this movie has the the sound effects department must have had a field day on this one because it is all the you know if they hit someone it goes. You know, it's, there's, yeah, there's one scene where um, the guy's been beaten to death apparently by <laughs> what at first I thought looked like a doll, um, and it turned out it was the butt of a gun. Okay, yeah. Um, and he's hitting them and it's like, doing, 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 doing. Well, there's a weird effect where he's punching at the camera, isn't he? To kind of yeah. give the people at home the idea that they're being punched. Like, bring him <laughs> into the film. And it just doesn't work. Because it, it's it just, doesn't. it's odd. It's so fucking bad. It's so, so, it's, it's so... All oh, right, anyway. So our three criminals go on the run. Um, and whilst they're on the run, uh, they do indeed come across a farmhouse where this girl is living by the name of Lisa. And Lisa looks after her paralysed grandfather, who, um, I, I'm going to say, as paralysed grandfathers go, this guy acts apart. He's, yeah, he's pretty, I mean, is, uh, is he got locked in syndrome or something? Because he literally, something like he doesn't even blink. Yeah, he doesn't blink. He just kind of. I, I, at times, I thought, have they just taken a freeze frame of this guy sitting there and just played it for like Splicing. ten seconds? Because he doesn't look like he's even breathing. Um, so you know, so basically, she's looking after him. But um, our, our three criminals arrive and they kind of commandeer the property. And um, it is implied that they're, they're going to run the train on this this girl Lisa, um, and all have their way with her. Um, and and horrible, horrible, uh, a scenario for any person until um, we as the audience realise that Lisa's not all there. No. Um, she's not quite a sane person. In fact, maybe what they've done is they've broken into the wrong fucking house. Um, yeah. And she has an open blade razor. Um, which once again, why her grandfather's got a fucking huge beard? I don't, you know, I, I, I don't. She's shaving herself. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. If if she is shaving herself, that's not the implement to use. Um, no. I was going to say you don't want to get a nick anywhere that you need. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> too many potential jokes to gash. Um, oh. Right. Anyway, let's uh, let's concentrate. So she um, kills one of the guys. That tries to 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 have a copper feel. Uh, tries to get his rape on and um, yeah. she kills him by cutting his throat um, with well, open cutting the back, cutting his... the back of his neck yeah it's it's a weird kill you know what I mean if it's someone like... started soaring through the back of my neck and mm. I was like on top of them I'd get off and he doesn't he just yeah, kind of lays there letting a sore slow <laughs> sore through his spine which is weird because soaring through someone's spine with a razor you're going to yeah. be fucking ages yeah, yeah, it's, it's gonna t- it's gonna take a while, um, and so she kills this guy. And meanwhile, Mister Mister Afro Man is having a crisis of consciousness. You I mean, he's he's had it from the beginning, hasn't he? That guy, he's always yeah. not looked quite right, comfortable with what's going on. Which, once again, how does this explain how these three criminals are friends or working together? Because the two other guys are clearly hardened criminals. These are the type yeah. of guys that I mean, you would imagine. I imagine it's 
obviously you don't really get any kind of backstory of anything. I just kind of assumed it was some kind of heist gone wrong where he's kind of someone that's maybe, I don't know, he works at a bank and he's let him in the bank and it's all yeah. gone wrong and I don't know. Because he's that's obviously weird. not a badass, is he, this guy? He's not oh, no. at all. He pleads, he pleads with the girl. Eventually he says that he's going to help her and he needs to get rid of these people. And, you know, he, she has the... They, they go outside and they, they go for a walk in the woods and she has the, the razor. And we, as the audience, think, oh, she's going to kill him. Yeah. And he's, he's pouring his heart out. Um, and he looks at her and goes, oh, I'm going to need that, thanks very much. Because he <laughs> doesn't look at her as a killer because no. she's... All dressed. There's a reason she's dressed in white in this this movie. Mm. It's because she's innocent and virginal and all the rest. And yeah. um, that's what you know. This is this is what they're trying to juxtapose here. Um, basically, he sends her back into the house, where she then comes face to face with killer number two, mm. who once again tries to get the rape on. Would um, you know what he does? He does like a weird cuddle rape. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like, like a cuddle rape dance. Because all he does is kind of cuddle her and jiggle around like he's doing a dance. And it's like, yeah. but that goes on for ages. It goes on for far too long. And a, a movie that's only 66 minutes in length, that is far too long. Yeah. Um, and so, and she is looking around the room and she has decided to level up. She's no longer going to use this razor which she's been taking over. There just happens to be an axe in the house, as you do. Lucky that. Yeah, that's quite lucky. Um, and she gets the axe and she... Once again, she kills him with the axe, kinda. Mm. I mean, it's it's like it's not a convention. It doesn't. Once again, we get this what looks like overly animated theatrical swings of an axe, and then with- as it, and then the camera just like shoots away. Yeah. As that axe lands, and then we go back to the swing of the axe, and as yeah. it chops, the camera moves away again. Yeah, which I'm I'm not I'm not against that. I'm just thinking <laughs> that the the relation of how much blood is there. After if you yeah. swing an axe at someone and it connects. Mm. Then one you if you an axe like that you're you're going deep, which means arterial spray something we don't get that obviously the blood budget was low uh, in this movie, and yeah. she then kind of kind of drifts up. Meanwhile, meanwhile grandfather's all like you say locked in syndrome watching all this, probably mm. thinking I don't want to be left with her and um, when this is finished, or maybe he's thinking this is what I've had to live with for all these years. <laughs> you know, you know, like finally you can see she's a fucking psycho. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's not allowed to shave me again. Um, so, so basically, our 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 dome topped Afro man comes back in and she fixes him some soup. Mm. Um, is it good? Because I, I can't get the I, impression it's meant to be. I thought she just heated blood in the the, the thing and the the pan, and then basically because it look it is so theatrically coloured red. It's it's not like tomato soup, which you know has a kind of orangey red colour. This is red, mm. um, and it has a kind of blood like consistency. And she gives it to him in a bowl, and the guy looks like he's going to eat it, but he's and we're kind of like eat the soup, eat the soup, and he doesn't eat the soup, eat the soup, and he doesn't. And then he obviously he then sees that the, the body. Appears in the fucking in the chimney, down in the fireplace, and for some reason, a guy who's been wanting to get rid of these two criminals then looks at her in horror and realizes that she's committed the murder, which yeah. somehow upsets him, even though he wanted them dead. And then at that point, the police arrive and he runs outside, and as he's running towards the police, the police shoot him dead. Yeah. Um. 
Shoot first, and, ask questions later. Yep, that's the American, that's the American, American way. Uh, shoot, <laughs> shoot, shoot him dead, then ask him questions. So he's not answering the questions, Sarge. That's because we shot him. Another case closed. Well done, Grabowski. Um, it's just, it's really fucking weird. And that's, you know, the two cops kind of look at each other and then we get the kind of, ah, kind of fucking la 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 music like that. And yeah. she goes back to feeding her granddad the clearly the blood soup. He the look in his eyes is one of oh fuck, I'm left with her now. Uh, and then yeah. the credits roll. And I, I, yeah, I just I right I, I can see why that right, I can see why this movie um had taglines you know, like the well, the alternative name, the California Axe Massacre. Yeah. Um, they're clearly trying to play it off as some sort of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If you watch the trailer, which mm. you will have heard earlier on, even the trailer makes reference to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a movie that I wish we were talking about right now because it's yeah. fucking amazing. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is all implied violence. I mm. mean, we see some of it, but you don't see a lot of blood in that movie. Um, and it, it's handled in such a way, it's shot in such a way that it's... An, it's fucking timeless fucking amazing movie this one for any director to try and even mimic this and the haphazard fucking laddie da fucking weird jazz styled band it is it's kind of like the jazz equivalent it's the freestyle 70s jazz equivalent of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre it just makes it makes no fucking sense it goes places that the movie probably shouldn't it is incredibly poorly fucking acted none it's very disjointed and then Mm -hmm. it finishes with la 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 (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck is going on in this fucking movie? Okay, I'm going to defend it only in the way that it's basically shot in 11 days with an absolutely shoestring budget to the point where nearly every scene was done in the first take. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say it's a good film. I'm just going to say in its defence, you know, 11 days, shoestring budget... Yeah, it is a bad film, but I almost kind of think ugh, they tried. I find it really hard to like sl- like slag off a film that I just think, oh, they at least they've kind of given it a go. I mean, there's there's hints in this film of like I like the character of Lisa, and I kind of think that could. I mean, obviously, kind of what they're doing is ripping off of Last House on the Left. You know, criminals go to a house and yes. kind of, you know they're fucking with the wrong people, kind of thing. I mean, she is. I think the best thing about this film, um, you know, because like you say, there is something really creepy, not quite right, right about her. Yeah. Um, and obviously she starts killing, but unfortunately she can't take away from just the horrendous acting. I mean, I'll go back. Something that we didn't talk about is this like convenience store thing. This yes. Is obviously, yeah. the continuing painting the picture of you know we've seen them beat this guy to death. And then they kind of go into a convenience store. And there's a bit of kind of nasty stuff going on. They like humiliation for me is something that kind of gives me the creeps. Um, yeah, yeah. Not you know sometimes a bit more than violence. Like they kind of humiliate the clerk and make her like strip off. But her acting is so fucking bad. She just puts her hand over her face to kind of hide the fact that almost like she's laughing. Yeah, and she puts she puts her hand over her face, pretty much the whole time, and I just yeah. kind of think, fucking hell, like that's terrible. I don't know what that is. I don't know if she's just embarrassed or she was just like a friend of the crew members. But it's almost like she's putting her hand over her face because she just doesn't know how to react, hoping that if I cover my face, that the audience won't be able to tell that I just can't fucking act. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the guys are just 
you know, like you say, isn't they're not really that convincing as these badass guys. I mean, the trailer obviously paints this picture that they're these horrendous criminals that go on this like crazy murder spree, mm-hmm. and it just it, it, that never happens, does it? No. And it's weird because even though this film is only sixty minutes long, a couple of times I kind of touched the thing on the keyboard to see how, how long long was left. <laughs> how long has this got left? Um, so. You know, and it's weird, obviously, they, they use the tagline for this, more horrific than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. And you think, fucking hell, everything about this movie is a lie. The trailer's just lying to you. The tagline's a total lie. I mean, I was talking about this with Rachel. Why isn't Texas Chainsaw on the list? Yeah, yeah. Once That's- again, it's... It's one of these ones, I think, though, that from Texas Chainsaw Massacre's point of view is that you'll find that, I think, of all the movies that made the list, I think this is the oldest one, 1977. Okay. Everything yeah. everything pre-77, for some reason, is fine. And that's that's what blows my mind, is like a movie like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. um, which has all that that movie does have in there, which is cannibalism, which has, mm. you know, um, it, it has like that kind of weird kind of merciless inbred family killer you know scenario all these things that happen in that movie for some reason that that's not looked at it's, it's like when you look at certain hammer movies and you see blatant um you know kind of nudity um over the top violence with you know theatrical red blood sprayed everywhere and or, or, or occultism dealing directly with the devil all these movies are completely exempt from the list you know, we're not looking at them. The reason no. I think, and the only reason this one kind of I think gets put on the list is because yeah, the movie was made in 1977, but it wasn't released in the UK till the 80s. No, five years later in '82, and didn't actually make the list until September '84. So it nearly yeah. got it nearly got about three years mm-hmm. of being released. And apparently, the only reason this is on the list is because of the name Axe. That is literally yeah. the only reason because the film. So the name is um, Lisa Lisa. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So it would have slipped through the net completely if it was called that. Um, it is literally just the fact that it's called Axe and also called the California Axe Massacre is obviously why it kind of came to the attention of these busybody people. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to say it's a good film. It's definitely the worst of the three. Um, but I just think when someone's made a film on such a shoestring budget and they've made it in 11 days, they almost get my pity vote. <laughs> right. I just think, oh, bless them. They, they but, but, get plus- Plus, it's the, the the kind of the 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 kind of modus operandi of this movie is that these three horrible people appear at you know a, a kind of a poor girl's house who's mm. looking after her paralysed grandfather, and yeah. they're so nasty that she takes revenge on them. Mm. And I don't necessarily think the film does that well either, because from the offset, you know, there's something not quite right with Lisa. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's seeing blood where there isn't blood. She's, mm. you know, there's so there's not. So to me, I'd much rather they, they kind of played it like. I mean, I'd much rather they played it like a movie like from Dust Till Dawn, for example, where we're giving these criminals and they end up in a house and the house that they end up almost Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The house that they end up in is so much fucking worse than them. Yeah. And it doesn't. It doesn't quite manage to do that either. I think as exploitation movies go, because this one to me is far more exploitation than it is horror. Mm. Um. I, I would I can, I can give it a bit of leeway for the time it, it was it took to make and I can give it a bit of leeway for the you know the 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 amount of money that was spent on it. I don't know if I can give it leeway of the way the movie's edited. It's edited quite poorly. I mean, once yeah. you've shot the movie, you have all the time in the world to edit it yeah. to try and make sense of it. There's just 
Like you were saying for a movie that's like 66 minutes long or something. Well, maybe if you've only got one take of everything, you fucked, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, not... yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, at that point, yeah. there's not a lot you can do. But um, <laughs> it just it gets to that stage where a, a movie which is as short as this should not feel as arduous to get through as this movie did. Um, and once again, it's, I'm not I'm not saying that it's a terrible... Well, I'm kind of saying it's a terrible movie. But there are things in it that I did quite like. Um, yeah. I, I did like the performance of Lisa. I thought she was... Um, like, Leslie Lee's... I think she does kind of pull off slightly unhinged. Yeah. Um, really well with just a facial expression or, you know, the way she walks. I mean, she walks in this movie once again... Linking this back to the previous movie, very much like you would see like a slasher killer walk. It's just kind of very level headed. There's mm. no her pulse doesn't appear to be racing, she doesn't panic at any point. Um no. almost like and, psychopath kind of no fear. Yeah, and I, I, I quite like that. I don't mm. think anyone else in this movie can act worth a shit. <laughs> no, it's awful. I mean the writer's obviously put himself in there because he wrote it, so he's yeah. wrote himself apart. Um I mean the dad Obviously, he doesn't have to do a lot, does he? He just kind of sits there. I'm sure that I'm very, I imagine they painted like a spot on the wall and just went stare at that for an hour. <laughs> just do that. Try not to breathe if you can, um, and don't blink. And yeah. action. So yeah, it's it's pretty shit all round acting wise. But I mean, for me, the concept it kind of works because it works in Last House on the Left. You know, yeah. it's a good it's a good concept, and I kind of like the fact that you would never suspect. And even after she's killed one of the guys. I mean, she kind of cleverly makes out that the other guy killed the other one, doesn't she? Yes, that's right, makes yeah. kind of turn, and I thought that was kind of smart. That was the point where I thought, oh, this is getting good now. You know, she's killed one of them guys, and she's told the other one that the other guy did it. So it's almost like, are they going to all turn on each other? But no, it doesn't, you know, it's got, and it's funny, because you know when he's like lugging that trunk with a dead body up the stairs? Mm-hmm. No fucking way. <laughs> I hear my mate try to lift it, try to like take a cast iron bath up his stairs. It weighed about 80 kilos, probably like, you know, the size of a kind of average to fairly large guy. No fucking way is he lifting that trunk on his own with a dead body in it. Yeah. So, like, Jesus. I mean, right, right, so, so let's, let's say, let's bring this one in then. Right, um, I'll, I'll, I'll grade first. I would say this movie to me is, it's a slap on the wrist, I yeah. think. Um, I don't think the violence is at any point in this anything which I would consider something which should be banned I've seen movies I've seen a lot more movies um, which would have been around at the time which would have had more blatant violence in it which did not appear on the nasty list mm. um, Fives, Dr. Fives Abominable to Fives has got worse kind of stuff in it than this Yeah, it, it just to me I think it's and the fact that you were saying as well, it took so long to get added to the list, it's kind of almost like a knee-jerk response yeah, that it probably enough. shouldn't have been on it. No. Kind of what about yourself? What do you think? Yeah, it's a slap on the wrist. If that, I mean, to be honest, for me, the worst bit about it is when they humiliate the girl and make her, tight, you know, make her get her tits out. But yeah. the fact that she is covering her face and it almost looks like she's giggling behind her hand, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that just kind of eliminates any kind of oh, an uncomfortable feeling that that kind of scene would normally give me. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's a slap on the wrist at best, really, for that. And, yeah, and I'm saying, I'm saying no inclusion on the video nasties list. I think um, it shouldn't have been on there to begin with. What about yourself? No, definitely not. And like I say, if it was released under its original name of Lisa Lisa... It wouldn't have made the list anyway, so definitely not. No, I mean it's it's only on there for the name. 
and the content, yeah. you know, after you've seen it, there's absolutely no way this is a, a nasty film. It'd probably be a 15 certificate over here. Yeah, it's yeah really, definitely. It's, uh, yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah, so um, that's our second movie review. We have one more movie review for you before we let you get back to whatever you're doing before you press play on the podcast. Um, up next is... Uh, <laughs> is the loose sequel to our first movie we discussed. Um, the movie's called Absurd and it came out in 1981. You're going to hear some more people chatting and another trailer. And uh, me and Andy are going to be right back after this. Hugh loves horror movies. I like them cheesy. I like them gritty. I like them campy. I love them all. He married Christy. She hates them. I think they're senseless and upsetting. Listen in as Hugh searches through shelves of DVDs, VHS, and Blu-ray. There are too many of these movies on the shelves. We need to just start getting rid of them. In his never-ending quest to convert his lovely wife to the dark side. <laughs> Come to the dark side. In Christy Christie's Christie's When Absurd landed on the Video Nasties list, the distributors put it into the BBFC, made the suggested cuts, uh, and then advertised in a trade saying that, you know, would, would all dealers please return their now illegal tapes so they could be replaced by legal ones. Of course, most dealers just ignored this. Uh, and for years, the both, both versions run. And, and connoisseurs are able to tell you the tiny differences which meant that you were buying the, uh, the, the full strength version as opposed to the cut version. And certain collectors taped the uncut version over the cut tape and then presented them on the trading market for, uh, I think the term is silly money, uh, to make them more valid. The idea that you can there is such a thing as a forged video nasty is peculiar, but they do exist. Uh, and if you're out there collecting this stuff and you want them all lined up on your shelves, beware. There are unscrupulous people out there making, you know, very convincing looking facsimiles of these films for sale. <laughs> Okay, and welcome back. So, you've managed to get through two of these movies. We're now going to go for number three, um, which is kind of, I don't know if you call it almost a spiritual sequel. It's called Anthropophobia, you know what it is, Anthropophobia number two. Um, It's not really a sequel. The only reason it's a sequel is because George Eastman, or Luigi Montefiore, just basically plays another cannibalistic killer. That's it. That's the only reason um, it's a sequel. It is directed by Joe D'Amato. It is Italian again. Um, this is made a year later in 1981. Um, released in Britain in November 82 and then added to the famous list in November 83. So we had a good year um, of it being kind of released out into public before it was withdrawn. And basically what the BBC, uh, BBFC did with this one, they released a cut version which was basically the movie minus all the gore and all the violence with about three and a half minutes taken out. 
Um, and all of the video shop dealers were basically said, look, if you return your illegal copies, we will replace it with a legal cut version, completely free of charge. Um, and basically what happened for years, both films got circulated. Um, the uncut one was floating around, the cut one was floating around, and it was purely potluck, um, which one you got. Apparently, the uncut version um, is incredibly expensive. It's a collector's item now because you just can't... Because mm. there's never been an uncut UK release of this. Obviously, yeah. you can watch it on YouTube, um, totally uncut, um, but this has never been released in the UK. Um, so, basically, this... The kind of plot of this one, um, the film kind of starts, we've got a, a guy and um, kind of turns up at a family's house. And it's weird, I mean, they're obviously doing a little nod to the original Anthropophagus because they've got this guy and it's the same actor, even though in this he's not got any makeup on. He's actually a bloody handsome guy. Yeah. He is he, he, surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly um, good-looking guy, considering... Um, and, and you know he's he's what he's six foot nine and he's yeah. he's got very he's got he has almost got a kind of leading man sort of mm. face from that sort sort of era that it surprises me that obviously they put all that makeup on him um, in that other movie because they wanted to make him look I don't know they wanted to make him look like he'd been like living in the dark in an island for years I don't necessarily I think even the way he kind of stalks people in this movie he still looks menacing while still being kind of fairly an attractive looking guy so I, I, I don't get the makeup choice yeah yeah exactly it's a weird one I mean basically so what happens with the, there's like a little nod um, to the original these guys intestines hanging out um, obviously like the, the last film kind of ended even though there is literally no connection it's not a follow up it's not the same character um, gets taken to a hospital and he just kind of recovers, doesn't he? It's almost, yeah. you know, there's talk of him having these kind of regenerative powers. Basically, if he gets injured, his blood coagulates so fast that he basically can't be killed um, mm -hmm. unless you shoot him in the head, which is kind of, a, you know, the zombie kind of trope. You know, you sever the cerebral cortex and you can kill him, but you can't injure him because his blood instantly clots, so any kind of injury. Um, and basically, we, he just kind of goes on a killing spree, um, and we kind of get dribs and drabs of why. Um, he's got, there's a Loomis or an Ahab, if you watch. Yeah, there is. The, yeah. In this, who's kind of a priest who kind of knows. I mean, it, it kind of transpires that this is almost like an experiment gone wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and there's some really good, you know, there's some really good killings in this. We get a um, surgical drill to the head, a uh, bandsaw to the head. Oh, the bandsaw at the head is so fucking cool. It's great. I, mean, I was really on board with these effects and stuff. Um, and then I think the, ba the the thing is, the, the killer's basically kind of... Is it the original house that he turned up to in the beginning that he's kind of making his way back to? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so on the way, he's just basically killing people. We've got his Loomis guy who's kind of, you know, trying to track him down. And that's kind of your story, really. It's, it's kind of basic, but it's almost like a, almost like a slasher, a bit kind of Halloween in a way, isn't it? It's, you know, I got... A I got accused when it was released um, of being an Italian ripoff of Halloween, okay. Because the fact that the the wee kid in it mentions the uh, the, the boogeyman, yeah. Um, which obviously that's right from Halloween. The fact that there's babysitter in it, um, and that the even even the way he moves is very is very Michael Myers esque. Oh god, so he'd I, stick the white mask on him. Yeah, he'd we'd be Michael Myers, wouldn't he? It'd be great. Yeah, he'd be a better Michael Myers than some of the ones that played Michael Myers. Yeah. Um and I think as well the there's there's obviously even in the hospital there's almost shades of, of kinda Halloween too. 
um, you know, and the, the hospital sequences. So yeah. I mean, I can kind of con- I can see where maybe the comparison there, where people started, you know, like cri- critics maybe lumped this in. I, I, once again, we're saying it's, it's Joe D'Amato who directed this movie. He directed the other movie, which clearly had a scene from Jaws. Uh, you know, yeah. Clearly, clearly had heavily influenced by Argento scenes yeah. um, in there as well. So he's obviously. It wouldn't surprise me that you know at this point, eighty one, which you know Halloween had pretty much we're now kicking off a lot of slashers. Halloween's basically um, the template mm. for for a lot of slasher movies until the Friday the Thirteenth thing takes over. Yeah. Um, it doesn't surprise me that he's kind of playing into that. Uh, also, this is supposed to be shot in America. I don't know about you, this did not look like America at all. I know, um, but to convince you that they're in America. <laughs> They're all watching American football and pretending to be really excited about it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fucking brilliant. Just way at the screen. Just we're all in America, look. It's like that. It's like uh, once again. It's like when you watch something like Pieces, and Pieces is clearly shot in Spain. Yeah. It's clearly Spain, but they're like, no, this is America. Because <laughs> look, look at the way our cops talk. They all talk like this. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just fucking. It's ridiculous. I, I mean, the, the the thing about the thing that makes this movie endearing to me, and I'm going to use this loosely, right? Because once again, I don't necessarily think this is a great movie, okay. um, but the the violence, the, the the actual special, the practical special effects of things like the circular saw, yeah. the, kind of, the, the, the drill sequence, the kind of drill to the head and the nurse, um, it's not quite a drill, but it's kind of like a drill to the, the head and the nurse, even the, the kind of the, the, the head being pushed in the oven. Um, you know the the, the the thought behind these things. You know, the, 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 yeah, it's very very brutal, and I think that's w- one of the things that kind of makes it as slashers go. And this is definitely a slasher movie. Yeah. Um, for, for the time period, it's actually not a bad slasher for nineteen eighty one. It's not a great one, no. but compared to what a lot of a lot of American slashers were doing at the time, this is actually fairly fucking competent, fairly mean good practical effects mm-hmm. the acting once again kind of lets us down I think that yeah. is not not great that child um, oh my god <laughs> Jesus I don't know if it's something about like these Italian movies with the children because obviously in something like House by the Cemetery that kid oh my god to the point where the guy that played the kid as an adult had to come on the screen but he does a little intro doesn't he on the arrow release basically said yeah. that's not my voice I just want to clear this up after like 30 years. That is not me. Because it's obviously bothered him the whole time, you know, when he watched that film. But, yeah, I mean, the kid can't fucking act. There's some mental dialogue, right? I made a note of this because it fucking cracked me up. Like, there's a character in it. I mean, this is a scene that kind of happens earlier in the film. But there's a character in it called Ian. And Ian's a little bit quiet on this particular day. And I think it's his wife or something. He goes, what's the matter, Ian? And he goes, oh, nothing, except I ran a man over today without stopping. And she just goes, oh, Ian. <laughs> like, it's the most yeah. common thing in the world. <laughs> so that's just a really weird kind of thing to put in there. Like, oh, Ian's a bit quiet. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Just killed someone earlier. Oh, right. Fucking hell. Yeah. It's, once again, it kind of has that thing where um, D'Amato, for some reason... Um, he, he has periods of kind of weird inactivity or kind of weird sort of sections of acting which, you know, a good editor of a movie would sit down and say, why is this scene in this movie? 
Uh, you mm. know, it's kind of kind of slowing down the progress we're making. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of not going anywhere. It doesn't make sense to the movie. We cut it. Um, and this movie has a couple of them. Uh, and I, I think it's because I don't necessarily think he's a particularly good filmmaker. Um, no. I think he can definitely can de- definitely direct a movie better than I can. I've never put a movie out, so I'm not in a position to fully criticise the guy. And there's just some weird choices. And um, even from Italian horror cinema point of view, there's some weird choices in this movie. Um, yeah. Love the score, though. Once again, I think the score in this movie completely works with the movie. Um, mm. It's a bit mental at times, but totally yeah. works. Um, George Eastman in this movie, great killer. Um, mm-hmm. There are sections where he's walking. The way he looks... Um, I meant to say this about um, uh, The Beast, the, the original movie review. There were certain sequences where he, look, and he looks like General Zod from Superman 2. Yeah, yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah, and I kept, I kept thinking Neil before Zod, Neil before Zod. And um, yeah. then later, <laughs> later on, in this movie, there's certain sequences where he's walking and he'll pull a certain pose and I'm like, that is General fucking Zod again. Um, I, and, I mean, General Zod. Yeah, I who, who, who does not love General Zod? I've watched you know Superman I mean? two all day. Why do you say this to me when you know I will kill you for it? <laughs> the delivery of some of the lines is just oh, it's fucking amazing. Absolutely yeah, amazing. There's so much presence. Uh, presence yeah, it's, to that, this guy. Yeah, the way the way he walks, the way he stands, the way the camera, even it, like you like you say, he's he's not harsh on the eye so when the camera looks at him there's a particular pose that he's pulling or a particular look and it all works really 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 well yeah. there's just some narrative choices in this movie some uh, some acting issues and places that, that kind of bring it down other than that it's actually a really I, I don't want to use the word enjoyable but I quite enjoyed watching the movie I thought as like I say as early slashers go and I have tried to work my way through and the extensive list of early 80s slasher movies are just yeah. too many and not enough time with the help um, of Johnny Krug oh Johnny Krug will steer you in the right direction oh, and yeah. tell you what to do and what to not um, but when you start watching them and then you compare this movie to some of them this this easily is better than a lot of the slashers that came out but that's not giving it a ringing endorsement because basically what I'm saying is that you know it's better than shit movies, but it's not as good as good movies. It's kind of in between. I, I didn't... I actually had a lot of fun with it, um, so much so that I would actually maybe recommend it. I'd recommend um, it. I would recommend this. I would buy it, and I would watch it again. I, yeah, I thought it was really good. It's yeah, I, I, the best I, I, one of the three. Definitely, definitely. So, um, I mean, is there anything else you want to t- say about this movie before we give it a... Uh, a rating, Andy? No, I agree with you. I mean, I don't think we kind of said, uh, we probably didn't need to in the other two whether we'd recommend it or not because I don't think we would. But I think this one, I'd, I'd go out and watch this one. I think this is a decent one. I think it's worth yep. taking down. It's on the, the YouTube version is completely uncut. Yes, it is, um, which so is a, a, a wee bonus. Yeah, you can enjoy it in all its glory. I mean, I can't imagine watching this without the, the you know, the murders in it. There'd be no point. It'd be like cutting the murders out of Friday the 13th. It literally, yeah. it renders it kind of pointless. Um, so yeah, go on YouTube and, and check it out. It's, I can think of worse ways to spend 90 minutes. Yeah, as, um, the, the the alternative titles for the movie were uh, it's Italian name Rosso Sangu. Um, uh, the, it was known loosely as the sequel, which uh, um, Andy was saying there. It's Am- Anthropophagus I'm trying 2. to say. Yeah, try, I, I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> say as well. Day, and I've still fucked it up. I'm, I'm quite glad that we no longer have any more in that series to say on any other shows. Um, <laughs> My tongue's quite happy for that. Um, it was also known as Horrible, which is the name it's known in America, and I believe what's on the the DVD that was released in America. Yeah, you um, buy it on Amazon for about eight pounds. <coughs> the yes, uh, as is horrible and it's completely uncut. 
to that. Yeah, it's also once again Grim Reaper two because technically it's a unofficial sequel, um, and it's known as Zombie Six, which is so fucking wacky Thanks. because Zombie this Six. movie comes after Zombie Seven, <laughs> uh, Monster Hunter is what it's called, which once again stupid fucking title. Yeah, um, I don't know where they're so, plucking these out of the bag. Are they these names for films? It's uh, yeah. Um, what. I, what I did find quite funny, um, well, I didn't find it funny actually. When it, when I heard a bit more about it, it made me feel slightly guilty for laughing at it at first. But um, the 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 and this is just like a bit of one of these Wikipedia stories that you, you come across and you have a bit of laugh at, um, but you probably shouldn't. Um, the, the, basically, it says in here that you know it was released in the 1980s in the United States as Monster Hunter by Wizard Video to add to its questionable theme. The film inspired the name of a German black metal band called Absurd whose members later switched their interest from gore films to right-wing politics and committed murder in 1993. It's got to be the film's fault. Yeah, but it gets, it gets even better, because yeah. when, they were in, when they were in prison, they changed their name to In Chains, because uh, obviously they were in prison, but they were under 18 when they committed the murders, so when they got, they got released from prison in 1999, right. and they've become kind of right-wing... Like like extreme Aryan right wing sort of the band to listen to if you're in Germany and you're at that shit. Oh, really? They're basically yeah. the band of the neo Nazis now, um, and you know their name absurd comes from this film. Mary so White House would have had a fucking field day with that. She, this this would have been she would have been at home flicking the bean furious to, <laughs> furiously to this. This is everything. It's, all she wants in the middle of this is some fucking gays to show up in an abortion. I swear <laughs> to God, like she, generally she's like that. This would have been everything that that, that she would have would have loved. I mean, this is the poster. This is the poster story for everything that she was campaigning yeah, against. Obviously, I mentioned this on the page. I kind of jokingly said that when we're one third through our first episode, we will have seen more video nasties than Mary Whitehouse saw. It's quite famous because she appeared on the telly and admitted that she's never seen one of these films. Yes, she so said, the, "I didn't. I don't I, need to see the movie to know what horrible contents in them." Well, you do uh, actually, Mary. You kind of do, yeah. <laughs> you do, you fucking idiot. Of course you do. Like, yeah. you know. I mean, this goes back to obviously what I was saying in my first episode of my podcast about, you know, when you picked a movie purely based on the front cover, mm-hmm. you know, that was all you had to go on. And basically, Mary fucking Whitehouse was condemning these films based on the front cover. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's fucking ludicrous. You know, she didn't even watch it. And, uh, and like I said, there's some amazing Mary Whitehouse footage, so that's another good reason to uh, to get the documentary. But no, that, that story about that band is fucking insane. So they're like Aryan Brotherhood metalers, are they now? Fucking hell. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Like, like in, um, obviously, black metal has... Has. There's plenty, plenty of people. For some reason, black metal, which is the, my least favourite metal, because I just find it fucking whiny and boring. Yeah. Um, and it's pure, poorly produced. And if you're in Norway, obviously the the famous things are there's Norwegian black metal bands who have burned churches. In Germany, apparently, you just go around killing folk. Oh yeah, some right wing <laughs> spokespeople. So um, yeah, so um, I, I think I think I know where this is going. But um, what, what would you uh, give this movie in terms of a rating? Um, slap on the wrist. I I'm the same. I I don't think it's once again. It's not. There's nothing in this movie which I think elevates it to you. You know, if you were distributing this movie, you deserve to go to prison. No. Um, I, but I, once again, this is the only movie out of the three that I would say if you've not fucking seen it, track it down and watch it. Um, yeah, it's good. I mean, we put a link up actually, haven't we, on the page to it? Yep. Um, and 
I downloaded a version on torrents and it was shit and the YouTube version is actually a much better version than one you'll probably end up downloading so if you've got a decent internet connection go for the YouTube version because it's actually it's all in sync and it's pretty good yeah. quality and you can download it directly from YouTube now YouTube's changed all its rights and all the rest okay. there's a wee download button at the side so you can download it and watch it here you don't even need to be connected to the internet once you've downloaded it awesome so, do that so, then. Yeah. yeah wicked so, um, and uh, the final question we need to ask then is, did it deserve to be on the nasty list? No. Nah, I don't think so either. I think other than the the pretty amazing um, head saw kill, which, oh my God, I just want to, I want that as my screensaver on my phone. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> I, this is, it's, it's good go. It's, it's a good one. You know, it's a bit, it's just one of them 80s movies. A, there is a kill about every 15, 20 minutes. Which I think yeah. is probably where Joe D'Amato obviously realised the mistake from the first movie that he did and kind of thought, well, I kind of left it a bit too late there before all the good shit. So he kind of rectified that a year later with this movie by giving us some kind of decent action all the way through. So yeah, give it a yeah. watch. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and I would agree, Randy, I don't think it deserves to be on the list. I, I think it deserves to be a movie that you, you, you need to track down and watch. Um, that's our final movie review. We're going to take a short break, compose ourselves, smarten up, and finish the show right after this. Banana is a promo, take one. Hey guys, it's Wazell and Z here. Yeah, we're just uh, kicking back in the laser lounge right now, taking a break from uh, what we normally do to tell you all about our show, Banana Laser. Uh, we're just here for sick fucks like ourselves that love horror movie and just yeah, fuck. The Banana Laser Podcast. It's yeah, uh, everything. Why? <laughs> 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 and um, you know, it's for sick fucks like ourselves. <laughs> so if you like salty commentary, <laughs> <laughs> and skewed view. <laughs> Foul mouth skewed views and look, uh, we're terrible at this. I'm fucked up too. I, I, we I, are I, terrible. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> all, start over. all right, forget it. Fuck it. Uh, you can find Banana Laser at horophilia.com. Check us out on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter, Banana Laser Show. Look us up on YouTube, Banana Lasers everywhere. iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Look us up so you can. Join us! Ah, welcome back. So you have been listening to the inaugural episode of Doing the Nasty Podcast. Um, we have done three movie reviews on the show. I promised myself I wouldn't have to do this, but here we go. We did Anthropophagus, um, The you Beast. <laughs> Yay! I won't get it the second time round. Um, we did we did Axe and uh, we did um, Absurd. So... Um, the first three movie reviews from the, the infamous list, um, this is the particularly special part of the list because these are the ones that people got prosecuted for. So, um, I, once again, how anyone could get prosecuted for distributing a copy of Axe blows my mind. Um, you know so what I mean? Literally facing jail time. I mean, this is no joke. I think we need to kind of just reinforce to our kind of American listeners that obviously wouldn't have known about this in you know, in the 80s, people were literally being sent to prison. And it was yeah. normal guys, you know, say literally the guy around the corner that owns the local shop that sells all you can, you know, just like a convenience store. You had a little yeah. row of um, a little row of videos. There was a guy that got six months in prison. You know, this is a family man who's found he was taken from his family, put in prison and his fucking life basically ruined just because he rented a video to someone. Criminal should. record. 
permanent criminal record. And that's never coming off your record. It's going to no. be there for your life. And yeah, I mean, it is insane, especially for something like Axe, because when you watch it, it's not even, it doesn't even come close <laughs> to being, uh-huh. you know, a, a, a frightening or grotesque or, you know, like disturbing. It's, just, it's none of those things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree with you, Duncan. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy that that even made the list. Yeah, I just, once again, it just blows my mind. But, um, yeah, I, I, I hope I hope you've all enjoyed um, getting to, to listen to some movie reviews. But we are going to, like I say, be working through the list alphabetically, which means that in the next episode we're going to be talking about The Beast in Heat, which mm-hmm. is also known as SS Help Camp, yeah. uh, which I can't wait. Uh, I'm really looking doing... forward to that one. I watched the trailer yeah. tonight. Oh fuck yeah! I just saw the trailer a while ago, and it looks it looks fucking it looks like my sort of thing. Uh, we're going to be doing Bloodbath, which um, is is also known as Twitch of the Death Nerve, and famously a Bay of Blood, which I can't fucking wait. That is one that I know very well. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. Um, although when reading this here, I think this might be the oldest film on the 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 list. Actually, I think this came out in '72. Yeah, which once again blows my mind. So I don't understand how Texas Chainsaw Massacre got through. I'm happy. You know what? We were talking about this, and I'm not sure if it's because it's big picture houses, perhaps. Maybe, maybe. You know, have got a bit of clout and kept them off the list because stuff like Friday the Thirteenth didn't make it on there. Texas Chainsaw, all stuff that had kind of big picture house in America behind it. Possibly, yeah. Skipped off the list, and it was kind of the Italian stuff and the indie stuff. They made it yeah. on SA. I mean, that, that could be why, I'm not sure. But I think there might have been a bit of backhand kind of uh, cash swapping going on for that. Uh, it, wouldn't, it would not surprise me. It's more difficult to take down a large studio or take them to court than it is to take fucking that did that did axe. Um, so, yeah, yeah so we're, like, we're going to be doing SS Hell Camp, which is the beast in the heat. We're going to be doing Bloodbath or Bay of Blood. And uh, our final review next week, well, in a fortnight, in two weeks' time, it uh, will be Blood, <laughs> blood Feast. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Andy, I hope uh, you have enjoyed chatting some nasties as much as I have. I have. It's been good. It's um, Yeah, it's interesting, these movies, because, like I say, I hadn't seen any of these three, and I'd only heard of one of them. So it's a really good opportunity to kind of get to to go through them. And like I say, it's kind of weeding out the shit ones, just so you guys at home don't have to bother watching them. Um, yeah. And if we find a good one, like I say, like absurd, it's, it's well worth the watch, then uh, it will, will it'll come recommended. Definitely, definitely. Um, once again, I'd like to thank uh, Jason Lloyd over at Horophilia for allowing us to exclusively um, put this podcast out on his network. Thanks, Jason, um, for taking a blind leap of faith as well. Yeah, 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 you just like, you know, like uh, I pitched the idea to him, and I think he, I think he's really interested as well because he's not seen a lot of movies on this list and knew all video nasties, but didn't know a lot of what we've talked about on the. The show just now, like the background and all the rest. Yeah, I mean, um, try and obviously put a little bit of trivia and background into the into every uh, review that we do because it is interesting. The history for me, it's um, you know. Yeah, I think in some cases it's more interesting than the movies we'll be watching. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, so um, we have a Facebook page, um, a, a group page that you can find by going to the search bar in Facebook and typing in "doing the nasty." Um, yeah, I'm aware that it has sexual connotations, but 
That's how my sense of humour works, and you're just going to have to deal with it. Um, and I just want to stress that both myself and um, Andy are married men. Uh, we Not have ways. No, no, that's not fair. <laughs> stress, eh? Yeah, we're, we're married to women. Um, so not that there's anything wrong with not being but uh, yeah so doing the nasty it's obviously I, I, quite, I quite fancy George Eastman to be honest <laughs> well, I'm telling you he's a, he's a looker he's a looker I don't, I don't approve of his actions but he's, he's, he's quite a bit of a looker yeah if he's I'm a bit of a murdered man. by anyone he, he can uh, George Eastman can, can murder me anytime yeah. yeah I think I think so as well <laughs> uh, yeah definitely so um, like I say join our Facebook page you can come across there share your stories about video nasties have you seen any from the infamous list what are you looking forward to us tackling I dare say many people will be, be interested in listening to us go through Cannibal Holocaust a movie which I promised myself just like six months ago I was never going to watch again I'm not looking forward to it because I think in the spirit of uh, of what we're doing it's got to be the fully uncut version so, yeah I mean, it has I've to be the fully uncut recently tracked down the fully uncut version of I Spit on Your Grave I got the American import because in Britain you still can't get the uncut version of that yeah um, the version you can find is the most uncut version but it still isn't uncut um, so yeah we've mm. got to watch the totally uncut version of Cannibal Holocaust and I'm not looking forward to it because it's yeah. grim yeah it's really fucking grim um, but yeah we'll, we'll be rattling through some of the most notorious films from that list as well as I dare say a lot of movies that one I've not seen that Andy's not seen that you might never have heard of before so really looking forward to getting through that and there's only one way you can hear that and that is to make sure that you're subscribed to the Horrorphilia podcast network and make sure that um, leave us some feedback on iTunes this is our first show there are kinks I dare say with have uh, We've not got a flawless show yet, but I guarantee me and Andy are going to give it our best all the way right through this list, right to the very end. Andy, would you like to say goodbye to our faithful listeners? Goodbye, faithful listeners. Thanks for listening. And uh, drop us a message as well on the Facebook page to let us know what you thought if you watch any of these films. Just give us a comment and see if you uh, agree with what we said about them. Yeah, and if, if you like the sound of our voice, the cut of our jib... Uh, it's also worth noting that both myself and Andy have separate horror podcasts where we talk about things out with the video nasty list. Andy's is Big Horror and Little Podcast. They are also on Facebook. They have a group page. Join his group page and you can listen to them exclusively through Legion Podcast Network. Uh, myself, I host the podcast Under the Stairs. We're on Facebook as well and you can also listen to us through Legion Podcast Network or check us out on iTunes. So, I mean, if if you're finishing up just now thinking, those guys sounded delightful, I want to get to know them a bit more. I want to <laughs> listen to more of their, their, their banter. We've got other stuff out there, more content. Go forth and consume. Um, until the next time, uh, this is Duncan McLeish from Tune the Nasty and uh, my co-host, Andy Blockley. Um, and we're saying bye, everyone. Goodbye. Ah. Nasty. They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, Mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film.